I'm Judy Frazier, president and founder of We The Kids. We The Kids puts God back into America's history. Listening to We The Kids radio show will inspire you and your kids to have a positive American identity, clear direction, and a powerful purpose for your life. Thank you for listening. Welcome to We The Kids Radio Show for kids from 8 to 108. I am Arch Hunter, a father, a husband, and an historian. And I'm Lydia Nuttall, a mom and executive board member for We The Kids and author of Forgotten American Stories, Celebrating America's Constitution. And later on in the show, we're going to hear from the We The Kids Liberty Players. The mission of We The Kids is to put God back into America's stories to help American kids be proud to be an American, to love and defend America's Constitution, and learn the principles of freedom that establish unprecedented freedom in our country so that they can preserve freedom in America. And that is so important. That's why we're doing this show. So we're glad you're listening. And today on American Forgotten Stories, we are going to continue looking at the test for citizenship and looking at sample questions of someone who wants to become a citizen of the United States and the questions that they need to know to pass the citizenship test. So, Lydia, if you would like to review a little bit before we get into some of these questions, we'll get into the questions then. Absolutely. So, yeah, if you want to become an American citizen, one of the things you have to do is to pass the American citizenship test. And there are a hundred questions and your interviewer will ask you 10 questions from the hundred. And Arch, I know we discussed this before in previous shows, but do you remember how many questions out of the 10 you have to get right in order to pass the test? Isn't it you have to only get seven out of 10 correct? I wish it was seven out of 10 because that would be what? A C? That's a if seven. You're getting, yeah, that would be a, a, a low C. It's actually six. Se- hey, I was only one off, Letty. You sounded like I was <laughs> I like know. in another planet here. But that's a D. I'm like, ugh. A D? You can pass with a D? Oh, well, it is what it is. Well, Lydia, when I was in school, if I got a D, I was happy. Matter of fact, every time (laughs) I got my report card, it was another D day at my house. Oh, D day. Aha, you're funny. So, yeah, so you've got to pass at least six. And the questions range from everything about our form of government and the logistics of how that all works, as far as what does the Constitution say, to easier things or could be, you know, more basic things that most people would know. For instance, why do we have 13 stripes and 50 stars? As well as some questions even go into early American history and history throughout America, like, for instance, the battles we've been in, things like that. 
So, Lydia, when someone wants to become a citizen, are these standard questions that they can get online and study the answers? Or is there a class that they go to? Or what do they have to do to get six out of 10 correct? Well, yeah, they are online. There's a sample test. And those are the questions that we are going to be asking each other and answering today are the sample test questions. And I am assuming in this day and age where everyone does everything online, that you can do online classes as well as classes in person to help you prepare for citizenship. And if I recall correctly, Lydia, it's a sad commentary on born Americans, how few of these questions that they know the answers to. It's so true. But Arch, you and I and our special guest, Christelle, today are going to change all that on the show. Because you, me, and Christelle, we're going to have a nice review because some of these I may not remember either or even know or know how to even articulate. (laughs) And uh, our listening audience can be able to learn these as we go along as well. It'll be a good refresher if you've known them before, and it'll be very insightful and something for you to put in your knowledge bank if you've never learned it before. How's that? We want to be an encouragement to all the listeners to get a copy of all these questions, familiarize themselves with these questions. And if they don't know all the answers, you know, find out the answers so that they can be much more adept at their knowledge of the founding of our country. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And you can find these shows podcasted on WFYL and scroll through them because you can find the ones where we did part one and two. And we also did part one and two in season one and part three of the questions in season two. And this is going to be part four. And our engineer, Lydia, always makes fun of me because I'm very old because I don't always remember the website. So it's Russ, it's www.1180wfyl.com. How's that, Lydia? For I think you hit it right on the head. And okay. if that doesn't pull up, just do a Google search of WFYL 1180 AM in Pennsylvania. Lydia, it took me six weeks to memorize that. So, Oh, bless you. No, bless you. So, okay, well, let's get Christelle in here and look at some of these questions to see the interesting answers and just talk about some of these different questions that someone would need to get six out of 10 right to become a citizen. Yeah, we're excited about that. Welcome, Christelle, to the We The Kids radio show. Hello. Christelle, would you uh, would you introduce yourself a little bit and share with our listeners who you are, what grade you're in, your age, if you feel comfortable with that? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm Lydia's daughter, and I'm 17. I'll be a senior next year in high school. Yay. This yeah. year. This, this year. This year. Oh, this, this year. year. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what do you like to do, Christelle? What's your funnest, best favorite extracurricular activity? <laughs> uh, I do martial arts on the side. Really? So, yes. Do you ever practice that on your mother, Lydia? No, I don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not over my dead body. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lydia or Christelle, have you ever wanted to practice that on your mother? <laughs> Maybe I'll you shouldn't answer that question. But, like, all in good fun. <laughs> and... Christelle, do you have aspirations after you graduate from high school this coming year, what you want to do? I would love to take a videography course somewhere. That'd be great. And is that something that you would like to go into for a a profession? Uh, Possibly. I just just want to learn 
the in and outs of how to do it. So okay. now ask her how far away is she from her black belt? Christelle, how far away are you from your black belt? <laughs> uh, I'm exactly, well, spring 2023, I will test to be a black belt. So I worked on it for wow. two and a half years so far. Excellent. Now, and share with our listeners, again, please, uh, because black belt is the highest, am I correct? Am I, I don't know. And are there different color belts below that that you work up to get the black belt? Yes, there's... Um, there's a lot of different color belts that go up till black, but in my martial art, you can actually like become like a first, a second degree black belt, or in like my teacher's case, he's like a seventh degree black belt. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you can keep leveling up. And and do you have aspirations? To, and what's the highest black belt that someone could obtain? Oh, it might be a, a ninth, but you actually get it when you die. Oh, well, then what good is that when you, it's like, (laughs) Christelle, I just won the billion dollar lottery, but I get Uh none of it until I pass away. Well, it's like, oh, you've devoted your life to the martial arts. And so you get the ninth degree or something. Yeah. It's like telling somebody they were a nice guy after they uh, are no longer breathing. Okay. I'm sure that (laughs) makes sense somewhere, Christelle, but it's, who am I to question a black belt? I will not It's all right. So. All right. And one last question. Any aspirations for higher education after you graduate from high school? Oh, uh, you know, just keep on learning with life. But like college would be good as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, you're young, you know, keep all those options open for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Lydia. um, She's got the questions ready. She has. Oh, I thought we had the questions and she has the answers. Oh, oh, wait a minute. She's while well, she pulls out the questions. Okay, here's how it goes, listener okay. audience. I have a container. It's one of those plastic jug things with a screw on lid. And Being inside are pieces of laminated, they're numbers that are laminated. And the numbers correspond to Forgotten American Stories, Celebrating America's Constitution, which is the book I read to help us celebrate our form of government. And in that book are 60 of the American citizenship sample test questions. So Arch and I have answered the first, almost we've answered the first 35 questions, but there are five remaining. So we've got five of the questions left in the jug for Christelle to draw from. And then if we have time, we'll put a whole batch of more questions, 36 through 60 in there that we can then try to answer. So Christelle already pulled out a question and it's which number? It's number 26. Yes, and number 26 says, we're trying to flip to the corresponding question. Okay, there we go. All right, so number 26. We elect a president for how many years? And who do you want to start? All right, Mom, give it your best shot. (laughs) Oh, goodness. I'm so nervous. Okay, we elect a president for four years, and I hope that's right. Uh Uh-huh, it's right. Woohoo! Ding, 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 ding. And could could I ask a couple more questions along with Uh, that? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) And and how many terms is a president allowed to have? Oh, do you know this one, Christelle? Two. Two. Yeah, two two terms. But isn't there something, I remember one of the other American citizenship 
sample test shows that we did that a president can actually do two and a half terms. Technically, that'd be two, 10 years. Yeah. Two, two terms or 10 years. Or two 10 terms. Years. Okay. Or 10 years. Yes. Yeah. 10 years would be if that person was vice president. Correct. That is And correct. the president died or resigned right. or got I'm impeached. Sorry. And then that vice <laughs> president would be president for two <laughs> years and then could run for two more elections. Yeah. Except not impeached, convicted and thrown out of office. Remember, impeach means to be um, charged. It doesn't mean to be charged. Okay. Charged. All right. Okay. okay. Thanks for that. Because we've, we've had three presidents impeached. And were they all thrown out of office? No, n none of them were thrown out of office. Oh. Andrew Johnson, Bill Clinton, and, and uh, Donald Trump were all impeached. Okay. Which means they were charged. Okay. You know. And Nixon. President Nixon resigned before. Resigned. They had Bef three impeachment charges against him, and they were writing more when he resigned the presidency on August 9th, 1974. Well, that is really good to know. I love this. I love answering these questions with the wonderful Arch Hunter, who knows <laughs> so much more than I do about things like this. Would you put that in writing and <laughs> send it to me so I could share that with my For wife? For a small and, and, fee, Arch. And, well, it would have to be a large fee, <laughs> emphasizing the word wonderful, because that <laughs> that is fake news. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're having too much fun. Christelle? Okay. Yes, all right. Uh, Number 16, and this is going to you, Art. Art. All right, number 16, who makes federal laws? Who makes federal laws? Yes. That is the, the legislative branch, which is the House and the Senate. Yes, and then, yeah, which is Congress. Yeah. So, good job. Oh, Yay, Art. Yes, we okay, then, when, then what happens when Congress passes a law? Because that's not the end of it. It goes to um, the White House. Correct. Yes. And mm -hmm. then the president has the authority to do what with that law? Uh, sign it off or veto it, I believe. Yes, you're right, right. The, the president can sign it into law or veto it. And then it can go back to Congress. And Congress has the ability to override a veto, which is our checks and balances. Yeah, love that. Good job, even Christelle. Yeah, Christelle. Yeah, she's doing. She, let's have her take the test, and maybe she could become a citizen. <laughs> okay. I already am, actually. Okay. All right, number thirty. Going to you, mom. Who is the commander in chief of the military? That would be the president of the United States, yes. whoever he or she will be, mm -hmm. or is. That is right. And the commander in chief is not a military officer. They are a citizen. Again, that's part of our checks and balances. So the president, though they are the commander in chief of the military, they are still considered a citizen and not a military officer. I like that. That's another check and balance. I am so glad that you agree with our founding fathers, Lydia. I am sure I am they're all <laughs> just resting so comfortably that Lydia Nuttall agrees with our founders and the Constitution. Yep. I do, I do. Okay. Absolutely true blue through and through. And I'll, I'll, I'll throw this in. You know, we've only had two former presidents restored 
to the military after their presidency. Because if, oh, really? if, if you were in the military before you become president, you must resign your commission because you are a citizen, not the military. Well, that's and, fascinating. So uh, would that be, for instance, I know Andrew Jackson was a military commander and then president. So would he mm -hmm. be one, a General Grant? No. Actually, we've had 11 presidents who were generals and several more who were military officers. Oh, wow. But our two presidents who were restored to the military after their presidency was George Washington and Dwight D. Eisenhower. Wow. Okay. Okay. Those are good things to understand. And I like Ike. You do like Ike. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> and at the Freedom Foundation last week, we had David Eisenhower, General Eisenhower's grandson, in for several lectures. Wow. And he and he lives in our area. And after one of the lectures, I was able to talk with him and I showed him my I like Ike tattoo. And he laughed and he said, you know, Arch, my grandfather was not a fan of tattoos, <laughs> but I think that he would make an exception for that one. <laughs> uh, that is classic. That is great. That would have been an honor then for you, because I do know you like Ike. And so to have his grandson there real live in person in your yeah. presence yeah. there at the Freedoms Foundation must have been really awesome. It was a tremendous opportunity to, to sit and listen to him talk. Yeah, I would like to pick your brain on that sometime. Well, there's not much there to pick, so <laughs> <I'm sure there laughs> is. it would take about 15 seconds. <laughs> uh, right. well, Christelle, I think you have the last question of the first 35. Yes, I do. And it is number five. What do we call the first amendment to the Constitution? The first 10? Yes. The Bill of Rights. Yep. Yes. Good job. Yay. Yes. You're the best. Yes. yes. And All right. do we know who was really the initiator of the Bill of Rights? I'm what? pausing to see if Christelle knows. Um, the initiator of the Bill of Rights? So who, what, which one of our founders uh, of the Constitution was adamant that the Ten Amendments called the Bill of Rights was added to the Constitution? I know that he was like, I'm going to cut off my hand if we don't put this in here. But uh, maybe jo maybe George Mason, perhaps. Not you're, not, you're close. Uh, He's a Virginian. You were close. James Madison. James Madison? James Madison was very adamant about the Bill of Rights, as well as uh, Thomas Jefferson was adamant that we clarify some of the different aspects of the original Constitution to clarify and make those first 10 amendments more clear. So then who is George Mason? Uh, George Mason was one of the uh, founders that was very influential in the legal ease of the Bill of Rights okay. and the Constitution. I mean, that he was he he was the one who would put the legal ease of these of these amendments together. But it was Mason who put the legal ease to it. Jefferson and Madison were very very adamant. Um, all three of them were very adamant of we need to clarify 
these rights in much more clearer terms than the original Constitution. And then who were the two gentlemen, I think there were two, who were actually part of the Constitution Convention to write the Constitution, who refused then at the end, very end, to not sign the Constitution because they didn't feel it was complete without Mm -hmm. a Bill of Rights? Well, one was Mason. Okay, Uh, I thought it was Mason. One was Mason. Another one was uh, Edmund, Edmund Randolph. And, That's right. And and the third was he he decided even not to come to the Constitutional Convention was Patrick Henry. Oh wow! That's because Patrick Henry thought that the Articles of Confederation was good enough. Uh, and didn't the, he say, "I smell a rat"? Yes, I smell. Yeah, a rat. Smell about a rat. the Constitution Convention, he just didn't trust that. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and, guess and, what? Unless, did you have something else to add? I was just going to say, you know, Madison was very adamant also about what were the the, um, stipulations for impeaching and convicting a president of high crime and misdemeanors. And most of the men decided we should only put high crimes in there. And Madison was very adamant. No, we also put misdemeanors in that stipulation. And Madison finally said, If you all think that we will always have leaders of the character of George Washington, we are sadly mistaken. Therefore, we must also put in high crimes and misdemeanors. Wow. Which which is to the testament of the character of of General Washington. Wow. And the insights of Mm -hmm. James Madison into just human nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was a good one. Thanks, Arch. So guess what? We have the next questions, 36 through 60, that we're going to put in the jar. So everyone can hear them drop in the jar. There they go. (laughs) Was that? Hopefully everyone heard that. Christelle's going to shake them up. Shake them up. Shake them up, Christelle. There, Get some arm into that, kiddo. There we go. Now, Lydia, may I share a quote from John Marshall about the Constitution? Absolutely. Because, you know, we have a lot of historians today that a lot of people are saying the Constitution is old. It's antiquated. We need to have another Constitution. The Constitution no longer works. And that's just a great fallacy that's going through our educational system. John Marshall was considered probably the greatest Supreme Court justice we've ever had. This is his quote that he said in 1819. The Constitution was intended to endure for the ages to come and consequently to be adapted to the various crises of human affairs. That was good. I'm sure Lydia John Marshall would also be very grateful that you agree with um, (laughs) with his statement from 1819. Oh. Yeah, that was insightful, too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I guess we have time for one more question, I guess. Yeah, go for it, Christelle. Okay. All right. Number uh, 38. Under our Constitution, some powers belong to the states. What is one power of the states? Going to you, Mom. Uh, one power of the states. Well, one power of the states would be whatever powers are not granted to the federal government. 
specified in the United States Constitution. So, okay, this is just the first thing that comes to my mind. For instance, anything to deal with marriage, um, because that's not anything that's specified in the Constitution. So, according to, is it Amendment 10, Arch, Amend that Amendment 10. Whatever, whatever power is not specified in the United States Constitution for the federal government belong to the states or the people, respectively, I'm paraphrasing, but marriage isn't anything that's in the United States Constitution, so it's a state right. Same thing with education. It's a state right because that's not in the Constitution either, so that would belong to the states or the people, respectively. Mm -hmm. Yes, you also have things such as um, like the police departments and the fire departments and giving a driver's license to people mm -hmm. and approving zoning and land use. Wow, those are some good examples. Yeah. And um, I think uh, something else of speeding, how fast cars can go on specific roads and things like that. Those uh, are state rights. State rights. And Lydia, you're exactly right. The Tenth Amendment is very clear that whatever is not clearly defined in the Constitution are given to the states to clarify for themselves. And so that's the difference between what we call a, a person who is an originalist and a person who is an active, you know, changing the Constitution and what we think it should say, or originalist of looking at the Constitution and standing what exactly it does say. So that's a, another big fight going on, you know. Yeah. And isn't it Thomas Jefferson who said something to the fact that Instead of trying to squeeze whatever meaning we want to squeeze out of what the words in the Constitution say, how about we just go back to the original intent of why we wrote it the way we did? Correct. How about we go and use that as use that. The, the meaning right. of the United States Constitution? And, and that's called the original intent. What exactly was the original intent of the Constitution and stand on that? And if something wants or needs to be changed, then you amend the Constitution. You just don't write something in there because, oh, well, it could mean this and this in this time right. period. And Anthony Scalia, who was a phenomenal Supreme Court justice, said several years ago before he passed away, if we can make the Constitution mean anything, then it really means nothing. Wow, that is so true. That is so true. <laughs> if you can interpret the supreme law of the land however you want, then right. what good is having it ha having those laws? Correct. Wow. So, well, we want to thank you, Christelle, for coming and sharing those questions with us and adding much to the program today. And we want to encourage all of our listeners to look at the Constitution, pull up these questions, look at the answers, and the answers that you don't know, make sure that you do know them. Because... As Thomas Jefferson said, only ignorance will we ever lose our democratic republic. And we need to be very aware of who we are and what we are and what we believe as a nation. So we want to thank Christelle for coming and sharing today. And all those from 8 to 108, we want you to continue to listen to We the Kids and to continue to be inspired and encouraged to continue to seek knowledge of our wonderful nation and what has made us the nation that we are. Thank you, Arch. Thank you, Christelle. You're welcome. Bye, everyone.
Hey kids, go to wethekids.us and watch the Constitution for Kids videos. If you would like to be a We The Kids Liberty player, let us know. You can contact us at wethekidsteam at gmail.com. We want to invite everyone from 8 to 108 to listen and please join us on We The Kids radio show and to hear more forgotten stories. Learn the principles of freedom that establish unprecedented freedom in America so that we can all, whether we're 8 or 108, preserve our freedom. Thank you.